You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from Orlando, Florida. Excited for today's interview. Uh, We have on the Skype line with us uh, Ricky Jones. He is the uh, pastor at River Oaks Presbyterian Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Actually had him on uh, on our other podcast, the Plant Better podcast, which is designed for church planners. So if you are a church planner or a pastor, you can feel free to check that out on iTunes. That's Plant Better podcast. And so invited Ricky to come back, really enjoyed some of his thoughts, and I thought that uh, he would really be a great guest for this. So today we're talking about why the Trinity matters. If you're new to the podcast, uh, we actually posted an episode about the Trinity, episode 13, kind of just talks about what is the Trinity and why is it biblical and kind of a case for the Trinity explaining it. And I really kind of talk about why most metaphors that we use for the Trinity are dysfunctional and border on heresy. Um, but I didn't really dive into why it matters for our everyday lives. I kind of mentioned it, but I didn't really dive into that. So Ricky's going to spend some time with us today uh, really un, kind of un, uh, unpacking why the Trinity matters, the Trinity, um, you know, why the Trinity matters to us on a regular basis in our everyday lives. So Ricky, thank you for joining. How are you feeling today, man? I'm feeling really good. Uh, thanks so much for reaching out to me. I love doing this. Trinity is my, uh, my favorite topic, so I'm really excited about digging into this with you. Yeah, it was cool when you and I were uh, uh, emailing back and forth, uh, corresponding. I remember you just, you mentioned – I asked you the question, Nicole, what's one question mm-hmm. that you get asked from people in your church regularly, uh, specifically a question that you think is important for pastors to be able to, an- to be able to answer well for their people? And you, I mean, immediately responded with the Trinity. So I want to just give you the time and you, you tell us why do you think the Trinity matters? What a great question. Thanks so much. I to really answer it, you have to go into, uh, you have to understand this. The Trinity gives us insight into the very heart of, of who uh, God is. And what we see is that from all eternity, the one unchanging fact of reality is that God has always been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit loving each other, face-to-face with each other, smiling on each other in this just tremendous uh, embrace. Uh, Jesus in John 17 says he wants to go back into glory where he was in the Father and the Father was in him. Uh, there, there, there's no clear dis- line of distinction between the two. Uh, they're always looking on each other. The Father is looking on the Son. He is smiling on his Son with great uh, pride and, and love. The, the Son is receiving that smile. John 1 tells us they're face to face with each other, beholding each other's glory. They're the son is receiving this smile, and that smile delights him. He is, he's excited that the father is uh, delighted in him. The father sees that his uh, son is delighted to be in his presence, which makes him uh, excited and joyful. And, and, and really, Kenny, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. As humans, we get to experience it maybe three or four, five, six, seven times in our whole lives where we're embracing somebody who just loves us and we're so glad to be in their presence, and they're so glad to be in our presence. And you begin to notice, not you, you kind of let that selfishness down for a second, and you just begin to notice that that seeing you is making them really happy. Mm. 
and uh, and that makes you happy that you're making them happy. Yeah, and they're, they're in that same they're in that same experience. Like they're they're noticing that that you you got excited to see them, and and that makes them happy. And it I call it a spiral of delight. And the reason why those moments are so powerful is because that is what has that that's the fundamental uh, experience, the fundamental truth of reality that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always been in that kind of spiral of delight. And when you understand it like that, then unpacking applications becomes just beautiful and fun. Uh, off the top of my head, just the first thing you, I, I think of when you see that is that God is love. Love is not something that God does. Love is not something that God chooses to do. He's not going to look at me and say, well, should I love Ricky today or not? Uh, should I be kind or good to Ricky today or not? He can't stop loving. He can't stop being good because that's what he is. He has always been love, this Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's always been in that relationship. Love is not selfish. Love needs somebody else to love. That's why we know that, that in his existence, there's always been this multiplicity. Um, and so, you know, the applications to that are, it's tempting for me to interpret God's opinion of me, his uh his love for me based on my circumstances, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. on my, on my wedding day, he really loved me that day. Look how beautiful he gave me, you know, gave me this beautiful bride. He gave me these wonderful gifts. Uh, you know, Sunday I was tired, preached a terrible sermon. Nobody came up to me and told me how great it was. My kids hated me. (laughs) God didn't love me very much that day, you know? Uh, and, and we don't, we don't ever stop and think about it, but that's all based on a wrong understanding of who God is. He can't ever stop being good to me because mm. he is love. Love is not something that he chooses to do. That's a huge distinction uh, that really separates Christianity from all other religions. All other religions see God as love is something that God chooses to do. Uh, Christianity alone says that God is love. He, he, he can't choose to do it. He can never stop doing it. That's who he is. Man, that, that's a really great... Point. And I know you kind of said that it sound it could sound like you know tongue in cheek and joking when you were saying like you know my sermon no one came up to me and told me I was great oh it's a terrible feeling but you know it's so funny that like I guess not funny is not the right word I mean I I, I having preached uh, you know I've been a pastor for many years and similar feeling it's like um, you know in youth ministry if I don't have a teenager after a Wednesday night service come up and pat me on the back and mm-hmm. tell me how impactful I was I feel like I feel like a cruddy human I I mm-hmm. suck at life I'm a terrible person and I don't it's feel like so easy to import those feelings to God and assume yep. He must be feeling the same way. When the, it could not possibly be further from the truth, He can't possibly love you any less today than He did on Good Friday when He was giving His Son for you. Come on, love yep. is is what He is. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you also use that term. Um, the, sp- the it's the spiral of delight. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think I've ever. Uh, I don't think I've ever thought about that. I don't think that's that's not like a, a terminology that I've ever even used. So that's really cool, um, and, and I, I love that. You know, I just I'm just thinking about all the times in the Gospels we see Jesus like honoring the Father. I mean, you see mm-hmm. this this like it's like they're trying to outdo each other in they're, love. They just are crazy about each other. They're just crazy about it. It's 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 you know it's kind of one of those situations where if you see if you are you know crashing in on uh, seeing two people act that way, you feel out of place and goofy almost. Like gosh, these people really love each other. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to not be staring at them. But, you know, that's that's the way the father and the son are. You know, the, the father is just this big, goofy, uh, loving dad who's yelling from heaven, this is my son, you know. <laughs> I'm yeah. so pleased with him. And um, 
and wants everybody to know it. That's so yeah. cool. And so yeah. if, if someone can begin to have a, a right perspective of the Trinity, like these, these three separate, distinct mm-hmm. persons of the Godhead, and if they can kind of have a right view of these guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, loving each other, being crazy about each other, gushing over one another, seeking to honor and glorify one another. If, if a human being, the average person who is on their way to work right now, they're all, they're all on the treadmill and they're just, mm-hmm. you know, they, they look at themselves as a regular person. How does understanding that impact them today where they are? Oh, gosh. Well, the, the next, the, you know, the, the overwhelming, shocking, glorious truth is, you know, when Jesus is talking about getting back into that spiral of delight, the thing he says then is, I want to bring these believers with me. You know, he says, I mean, just think of this. This is Jesus on the last night of his life when he's kept the law perfectly. He's going to get whatever he wants. And the thing that he wants is to have us with him in that spiral. Mm. So when you're on the treadmill, when you're going to work, um, you know, when you feel forgotten, when you feel like nobody cares what you're doing at all, uh, the truth of the matter is, the Son of God, who can have anything He wants, wants you. He wants you in this spiral. That completely changes the way you, you view religion. It, it tra- changes the way you view uh, everything about Christianity. It's not, you know, i got to please this guy so that he will get off my back and maybe give me a, a raise. But it's um, that Jesus wants me. And, and God wants me uh, together with Him. It also has just... I mean, that right there is a mind-blowing thing uh, that I think really, it changes the way we see, for instance, going to church. You know, why do, why do you go to church? Because God wants me to be with him. He, he wants time alone with me. It's like a date. It's like, why do you date your wife? He wants me alone with him. That, that changes communion. I mean, that's really what communion is all about. Communion is us taking the body of Christ within us so that, you know, there's this mystery. I don't ever understand it. I didn't study science enough where, you know, at some point the foods you eat becomes part of your body and the, you can't separate them. And Jesus says, here, use this as an image to understand how close I want to be with you. The Father and the Son can't be separated. You can't really get that. But think of it in this terms. When you eat this bread, you're eating my body. I will become part of you. You'll become part of me. Um that that's how close he wants to be with us. So I think it it changes how we see God and and what God wants from us. It also changes Kenny how we see each other. Uh, I, this was my first day in seminary. I'll go take you back to 1992 with me. My first day of seminary, uh, the first lecture, uh, you know, kind of the esteemed professor of theology comes in and he's just giving us a taste, kind of to whet our appetite for what the next three years is going to be like. And he starts talking about the Trinity and unpacking all these just wonderful doctrines. And then just out of nowhere, he stops and he says, and that's why it's important for you to go to nursing homes. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? <laughs> he, says, he says, because we're created in the image of God, and therefore isolation dehumanizes us. We were never created to be alone. That's what it means that we were never created to be alone. It, we lose all of our dignity. It degrades people to be alone. We, we need to be in community. It's not an option. It's not an add-on. Uh, because God is always in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we are created in His image. And if you go back to Genesis 1, it really hammers that out. You know, before God creates man, He says, we need to create someone in our image. It really 
forces you to see this multiplicity and and that we're, we are created in the image of a communal, loving, familial God. And that's why family, community, relationship, they are also vital to our dignity as humans. And whenever we seek isolation or whenever we seek uh, personal fulfillment or personal success over community, we're really unraveling the fabric of our existence. Mm. Um, that's why uh, you know we're, we're created to be with each other and before each other and and to be honest with each other that's why you know when that's why when sin makes us hide from each other and we can't be honest and have uh, vulnerability it really is uh, degrading and it, it it causes us to to feel that kind of unraveling we're not uh, healthy I, I you can't love me because you don't know me and i wasn't created to be that way i was created to be known to be face to face with people yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you, you asked me about the deepest topic in the world, so it's hard for me not to just kind of <laughs> right. touch on these extremely deep points and, and, and you know, and keep going. Um, and uh, let me just give you one other one that is extremely important, and then we can take up the rest of the time just kind of following whatever rabbit trail you want to. But one that's very important to me is understanding the Trinity will protect you from all kinds of, of wrong understandings of what's going on at the cross. Uh, for instance, you know, the, one of the most common criticisms of the cross that, uh, that some emerging church guys are, are launching right now is to say that the, the historic understanding of the cross as being an atonement to satisfy divine justice, that's some kind of cosmic child abuse. Well, that would only be true if, if God wasn't Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one person, one, one God in three persons. But when you understand the Trinity, then you understand that Jesus is God. He's not standing in, letting, you know, taking, taking the punishment of God the Father. It's not like God the Father's angry at us and Jesus is saying, no, no, hit me, don't hit them. Uh, abuse me, don't punish them. But, but the Son is, is fully God. He has everything that uh, complete fullness of the deity dwelt within him, according to the Apostle Paul. And so he was paying the price uh, for our sins against him willingly. Um, and the Father is not someone who's, you know, against us, kind of mad at us all the time, grumpy, but he got all of his aggression and anger out on Jesus, so now he can be nice to us. But he, he was giving, the, the atonement was him giving his son giving up this, this eternal relationship for a moment so that he could bring us into this relationship. It was a sacrifice of his love, not a, you know, a plan B uh, to, over, to satisfy his grumpiness. Uh, mm -hmm. It gives us insight into the depth of the sacrifice of the atonement, uh, that you know, this is an eternal relationship, an eternal spiral of delight that was interrupted uh, when when Jesus cries out, "My God, why have you forsaken me?" That is the the most heartening, heartbreaking, heart wrenching um, cry of of grief that's ever been uttered. Because that was an eternal relationship, and now it's been ruptured for us. Uh, it gives us a, an incredibly, you know, much deeper view and of the sacrifice that went on on the cross. And honestly, 
there's nothing more practical than that. If, if we have a light view of the cross, then it's easy for us to say things like, you know, who cares if God loves me when I can't get any uh, girls to pay attention to me? You know, who cares? Uh, that, okay, great, God loves me, but I still can't get a job. But when you really begin to understand the eternal weight of this sacrifice that went on on the cross, then you understand what Paul means when he says, He who did not spare his only son but gave him up for us all, how will he not with him give us all things? That everything is just so small compared to how much he loves me. And therefore I can say, you know, the reason I don't have a girlfriend is because the Lord of the universe who loved me so much, he gave his eternal son for me hasn't given me a girlfriend yet, and I can trust that. Or he hasn't given me a job yet, and I can trust that. You know, and I don't know why he's calling me to walk through this sickness or walk through this time of darkness, but I know it's not because he doesn't love me. It can't mean that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, it's, and, and it's the relationship of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. We see this incredible love, this spiral of delight, as you said. We see this incredible love affair between the members of the Godhead, and then we see their... Like nothing could separate this. Like they nothing they would want nothing to rupture this, but their love for humanity is so great that they're allowed that they allow the spiral of delight to be ruptured mm-hmm. for, for a period of time so that we could be a part of it. Like this spiral of delight, like the worst thing you could ever want is for this to be ruptured, but they're right. willing they're willing to sacrifice that because we're that valuable to the God. Because they love us that much. Which is an insane thought to think about. It's it like, incredible. It'll blow your mind. Uh, it like, needs to blow your mind. That's why we. Uh, it needs to blow your mind at least once a week. It just completely <laughs> resets. You know, it just resets your sanity. You know, because it's so easy just to forget. I mean, we're just so dumb, and and we just forget. And all, you know, uh, man, I, you know, I, I'm losing. I'm in a biggest loser competition, and I'm about to lose. I'm not losing weight as fast as my friends. God doesn't love me. You know, it's just so easy to kind of make this ridiculous jump and and reflecting on the depth of the love that's in the trinity therefore the depth of the love that was in the atonement frees us up to go that's just stupid i he 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 is love his love for me is something that i'll never for all eternity stop plumbing the depths of Mm. i love it it's my favorite topic man that's really good i I didn't i didn't know the fully direction you were going to head and i don't think i would have I don't think I would have put that in play. I don't, I, the way you've worded it is so good. Like the Trinity matters because um, if Jesus is just a created being, it's not God dying, right? If right. Jesus, That's exactly right. If Jesus is separate from God, then then it's not God himself rupturing himself for us. Right. If um, Jesus is – I mean you know, the, the question that a lot of uh, progressives will ask is why – you know, God calls on us to forgive. Why can't he just forgive our sins? Why does he have to punish them? Well, if you don't understand that Jesus is God, then that would be a very understandable question. But that since Jesus is God, that's exactly what he is doing. Yeah. He is he himself is paying the debt. He is forgiving them. Yeah. Um and so it yeah, it completely keeps us it protects us uh from all these wrong-headed views of the cross. And that's that's the truth of all theology. The purpose of theology is to protect you uh from wrong-headed views of who God is. Uh, there, it's not kind of put, trying to put God in a box. It's just trying to keep you on the boundaries of, of not going afield and, and ending up shipwrecking your faith. 
that's some really really great thoughts man i i don't i don't think i need to say anything else or reiterate <laughs> or recap what you've said cuz i feel like you you've stated it really well i mean i'm i'm, I'm going to walk away from this interview and think to myself today god loved me so much that he was willing to rupture the spiral of delight like mm. literally tears himself apart to pay the debt that i owed mm. Because he loves me so much and he wants me bring bring me into the spiral of delight. Like he delights in me, which I just what? Are, what? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Dude, that is that is really valuable thought. Um and man, if you're anyone listening to this, I just want to encourage you, even right now, whatever you're doing, maybe you just close your eyes, just take a second and just kind of consider that for a moment. Like the God of the universe doesn't he's not obligated to love me, but he like he he delights in me and tore himself apart. Uh, and and, the, and understanding the Trinity and the relationship within the members of the Trinity kind of really show us what to, to the extent at which God is willing to go. To you know, you know what I love. think. Every time I every time I let myself reflect on that, I always come away saying, "That's just too good to be true." Yeah, uh, it is, and I, I I think that's the you've gotten close to understanding the fullness of the gospel when you say that's just too good and. Absolutely. I'm actually writing a book. It'll be published by the end of March. It'll be available on Amazon. And I've called it Too Good to Be True, where I've really tried to expound on this whole thought. This is uh, this is pretty much the only sermon I've got. <laughs> so um, That's a good one. It's a good one. Thank you. That's all I've got. And so uh, that book will be available, Too Good to Be True, and, and uh, hopefully it'll just let people reflect on that that one idea. Fantastic. Man, Ricky, thank you so much for for spending time with the audience and investing in, in the listener. I really appreciate it. If there's someone listening to this that wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that if they want to reach out to you? I, I try to be as public as I can. You can uh, find me on Twitter. I'm uh, Rev Ricky Dean uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, Ricky Jones or River Oaks Presbyterian Church uh, in Tulsa. Fantastic. And all of uh, Ricky's com- contact info will be on our show notes on our website, theologyfortherestofus.com. I will also have, uh, whenever the book comes out, we'll make sure we get the link on the website as well. And so if anyone wants to, if you're listening to this after March of 2016, you can go to the website, get that link, and uh, it'll be linked up there to take you to the Amazon page for that. And there you have it, my interview with Ricky Jones. I hope this episode was encouraging and helpful for you and just really giving you insight into the importance of the trinity and and the fact that the god of the universe was willing to rupture the spiral of delight as he said because god loves you enough to invite you in and want you to be a part of that spiral of delight what an incredible powerful truth before i let you go i just want to answer a quick question i've been asked by several people Uh, What can we do to help you with the podcast or how can we support you? It's really simple. You can subscribe and leave a review. So whatever app you're using, iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcast catching app, make sure you subscribe. Or maybe you're listening to this on on our website, theologyfortherestofus.com, but you haven't actually had the chance to actually pull up the show uh, in iTunes or in an app. We've tried to make it easy. So if you're on the site, Under the player, you should see some buttons that say subscribe in iTunes or with Android. Just go ahead and click one of those. It'll pull up the exact page you need to be able to subscribe. 
and uh, and then leave a review particularly if you're using itunes go over leave a five-star review those help the show out a ton if you'd like to connect with me the best way to do that is on twitter you can find me at kenneth ortiz it's k-e-n-n-e-t-h-o-r-t-i-z primary reason i have an account is to connect with people who want to connect with me our intro and outro theme music for this episode has been i'm shipping up to boston by the dropkick murphys I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a star!